0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking Comics Podcast. Today is Wednesday, November 30th, I think. Yes, 2022. <laughs> you are listening to episode number 574. I am your host this week, Jerry Ricino, and joining me are Mr.
1: Bob Ryer, Ho,
2: ho, ho. And Mr.
1: Aaron Amos. Just rude. I haven't been called that since high school. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It is, uh, as you can tell, it's been a while since I've been had the con and I forgot how to do this, but I'm very excited. Steve's got a bunch of uh, great work opportunities coming up. He needs some time to prepare for. So it's just the three amigos tonight, me, Aaron, and Bob. Uh, Excited to be here, excited to be back. And as Bob suggests, it is almost the most wonderful time of the year.
2: Once you get to the end of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, it's Christmas officially, as far as I'm concerned. Is that what is that what it I, is? I don't, I don't care that the, the department stores have started in I don't know Halloween.
0: Can I? I was watching the parade, so Thanksgiving just occurred here in the states. I was watching the parade as I was cooking some stuff. They don't even pretend that people are singing live anymore.
1: Nope, no. not at all. Not
0: not even like those those microphones look like they're made out of like plastic like the inflatable ones you know and there's not even they don't even ear pieces or anything they're just kind of like i don't even know i don't even know what i'm watching it was it was crazy
2: well you wouldn't I want a character to go off again the way she did on new year's eve right well yeah
1: i, I will tell you that the best part of that whole thing for me was i don't even know who the artist was but she was singing and then she went to lean up against the rail uh, of the float she was on, and almost fell over it, and I was like, "I have that on DVR. I have to rewind <laughs> that. I have to rewind that." Oh, she was blonde. I don't know who she was. I honestly, I think my mother even said, "Someone punched me in the face so I can see stars," because there's none on this show right now. Oh she's my like, gosh, no. she's just like, uh, "Who are these people?" She really was. She's like, "Who who are these people?"
0: Like, I, I was a little surprised too. Usually, I'm used to seeing like the like the the Broadway shows usually perform. Usually you get some big name pop stars, but I felt like this year was a bunch of like kind of uh, like nope. C-list internet singers. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe yep. I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just like an old fogey now. Who are these young
2: whippersnappers?
0: Yeah. Yelling at clouds.
2: <laughs> get off my
0: um, line. Yeah. Thanksgiving, I will say, I did host for the first time here at the apartment. As you all hilariously blew up my spot last week, I did do a turducken for the first time. Woo! Uh, it was a frozen. It was a, it was pre assembled, so I didn't have to do any you know surgery, stitching up turkeys and ducks and Frankenstein and things together. That was not what I had to do. Uh, my dad got a he ordered a turducken. It was a bacon wrap, seven pound, like a little baby, like a training wheel turducken is what I had. Um, gave it to me Wednesday. I stopped at his house, gave it to me. It was a frozen block of ice. Oh. And he was like, good luck. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? I opened up the directions. It says like thaw for 24 hours. I was like, dad, it is 9 PM. When, when did you think I was going to be able to thaw this out? He's like, I don't know. It'll be fine. I get home. I put it in the sink. I put it in the sink uh, in, in, underwater. I leave it underwater overnight. It's thought out in the morning. So great. The instructions were just trying to scare everybody away from doing a turducken. It's totally fine. Pop it in the oven about nine o'clock, six and a half hours later. That turducken is glorious, glorious. I was, I was messaging, I was messaging the guys here to ask, you know, like, what do I do? How do I do this? I don't know how to, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, Imposter syndrome. And, uh, it was, it, I, it came out. We did the rest of the the cooking. I did a lot of really delicious um, appetizers, just in case the turducken failed. I had a nice right. a tar, I had a bruschetta, I had a, we had a charcuterie, I did some arancini, a delicious salad uh, with an apple cider vinaigrette. And uh, thank God the turducken came out great. The temperature was fantastic. It is the most glorious thing I've ever had for Thanksgiving. If I'm going to spend six and a half hours with a bird in the oven, I'm going to have rather have Three and a half birds in the oven, cooking for that same amount of time, and uh, have the delicious culinary experience that I had. So, Told I you. finally did the turkey in. It worked out. I I will probably do one every year from now on.
1: Told ya, it's just a thing, man. You gotta you gotta get it under your belt. But See, you uh, make it. You I do, do the
0: wrapping yourself.
1: Yeah, so what I usually do, um, and I think John actually orders this as well, but what I usually do is there's a place in D.C. called Eastern Market where I go to the, the uh, butcher there, and I just I order the individual meat to the size that I want, and then they will debone them. The difference is um, for the turkey, they will debone everything but leave the legs and the wings in. So basically, when you assemble it and you flip it over, it still looks like a full turkey. Because right. you've got the legs and the wings, but then you obviously put the stuffings in between, and you put the seasonings with the butter under the skin and all that stuff, and you know you have to put it in double, like in a double, uh, you know, roasting pan thing, so that you can catch the runoff fat and make all the drip, make all the gravy and all that stuff. So it's it's an it's an ordeal, and it usually takes at least two people uh, to to be able because you got to hold it, like you said, you got to do your surgery, whether it's going to be like tying. So it you up stitch with it like up. Twine. Either yeah. st- it depends- I've done it differently each time. I've done skewers a couple of times or I just put the skewers oh, in there and keep yeah. them all yeah, together. Right. Or you I can lace done.
2: between the skewers too. I was if you just have those say, I've i laced rings, it up.
1: Yeah. yeah, I have uh just literally <laughs> tied it around a couple it's it's whatever is convenient at that time. My first one that I made it and I it was young and dumb. My first one, the turkey was eighteen pounds and the, the duck was shame. like twelve pounds and the chicken was like nine <laughs> pounds. And you had a 40-pound monstrosity. It was obscene. It really, really was. I was feeding like 10 people, and even after feeding 10 people and having everyone having seconds and everything, there was still literally a half a bird left.
0: Can I ask you, Bob and I were talking about this uh, uh, before off-air. So I did not re- notice that my leftovers from the traducket were just slabs of meat, and I didn't feel <laughs> – it didn't feel sandwich ready.
1: So what do you do with your turducken leftovers? So you the key is to have enough stuffing on the side because you sort of – you have to have your slice of bread, mm-hmm. your stuffing, a little layer of stuffing, then your your meats, and then your other slice of bread. Well, if you're a mayo guy, you're a mayo. If you're a gravy guy, you're a gravy. If you're a cranberries guy, you're a cranberries, but then another slice of bread. That's where your sandwich comes in.
0: That's so interesting. I don't I don't know if I would want to bite into that sandwich because then, like, every bite is a different meat. That's the point of it. That's the beauty of it. I know, but that's f- that's fine on the plate. But in a sandwich, you want some consistency across. Live a little.
1: Cut loose. Okay. All Take right. off the training wheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, okay. I, I made your duck in two ways this year, just not in a bird. Not in a, mm-hmm. not in a unified bird. So... Yeah, I had to experiment. I, th- I think everyone saw for those of you who are following us on Instagram, you saw my uh Traduck and pot Pie. Yeah. But then I had What's the handle? left over. <laughs> oh, at Talking Comics Podcast. You know, look for hey, our girl, bisexual colors You gotta plug colors. the handle every time. <laughs> look for look for the bisexual colors, folks. That's us. Um look for yeah. the second post, which is Spider-Man eating,
0: uh <laughs> having his own Thanksgiving. Hey, <laughs> Hey, ho, ho, ho.
1: Um that the <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so... But yeah, I had... it After I made the pot pie, I still had all this leftover meat, the duck, the chicken, and the turkey. So I was like, hey, let's just make a little casserole. So I made a casserole. So I had to duck in two ways Now,
2: because I'm sick of it nice. all, it's in the freezer. Nice. Bob, did you, Bob, did you do a turkey this year? Yeah, uh, it was just me. So you have to adapt. So I roasted... Turkey thighs, two of those.
0: Nice.
2: Want some turkey cutlets, so I have the variety of, of meats. Made stuffing the night before. I still have some of that left. Made the gravy just in time. Did the whole thing. Nice. Now there are lots of leftovers, but that's okay. <laughs> Did you make a cheesecake? Yeah. I was going to well, ask. I, I, didn't, I didn't go anywhere, so there's no, uh, no real point to that. Mm. I, ordered, I had a
1: junior's cheesecake that I bought in a store. Theirs is okay. I thought, I thought about you. Bob. It's no, Bob, cheesecake.
2: No. Well, you know, I that's what I've, what I've what I been told. I, I shouldn't brag, but that's what I've been told. <laughs> I had to take what I could get.
0: It was a uh, busy weekend, but a. I was glad to have the days off. It's been a very busy month or so for me, so it was very nice to uh, it's very nice to have the days off, and it was very nice to now be back on the show. I've been I was off yeah. last week, but as I was, I was telling Bob last, uh, I listened to it as I was cooking on Thursday morning, and uh, last week's show was crazy. I had a great time listening to it. Y'all are hilarious. Um, it was great hearing John again. I know that John and I have have not been on the show together. I think for like two months. <laughs> and I was so hoping bad. that he, yeah, I was hoping that he and I would be here together. Cause I wanted to talk to him about dark crisis. Uh, but I guess we'll have to save that for uh, our best of shows. Segway. Uh, our best of shows to all of our loyal listeners are coming up. We do have a plan for them. Uh, since I, since I had a hand in architect, architecturalizing, these. You like that? I just made that up. That was good. Uh, And in architecturalizing these best ofs, I I wanted to take the opportunity, since I have the con, to just kind of talk about some of the changes that we're making to the best ofs this year. Um, You'll still get three podcasts or so worth of material at the end of December. Uh, We're still kind of locking down the the best of recording dates. The thing that we are going to do a little bit differently this year is how we present our best comics and comics adjacent things of 2022. We've done 11 years of high stakes, Russian roulette, you know, bargaining, bribery, and bidding. Uh, it was a ton of fun, ranking and points, and Bob doing his, you know, mathematics and null votes and all of that. It was a ton of fun, and 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 I know that that uh, we've been able to do so many so much work with that over the last you know decade of the show. We wanted to do things differently this year, and instead of doing kind of competitive awards, do something that was a little bit more geared towards all of our different. Um, interests and all the different corners that every one of our very diverse hosts um, dive into in terms of comics. And, you know, in the past we'd often run into issues where five hosts would bring five very different best of 2022s to the table. And because we were doing these competitive awards, people would often lose out and some of our very favorite things and the things that uh, perhaps we personally or individually felt were so wonderful just got lost in the shuffler or or lost in the conversation. So to kind of remedy that a little bit, we're going to do things a little bit differently this year. And each of our myriad co-hosts, I think there's six or seven of us now uh, rotating in and out of the show, are each going to prepare extended presentations of their very favorite things of the world in comics in 2022. Um, If you want to think of them as, massive lightning rounds you can uh they will be aaron sized lightning rounds though running 20 to 30 minutes long (laughs) and uh they will be wonderful wonderful exploration (laughs) there will be wonderful explorations of of our individual personal favorite comics and webtoons and films and tv series and video games and other movies and all and you know Comic-Con panels and everything else, favorite moments from comics that we individually experienced this year, um, which will hopefully will give each of us the opportunity to have our little, you know, have the dais, have the stage for a little bit, share our highlights, share our best ofs. Will we still have kind of universal categories? Absolutely. And each of our, our best of episodes will have a moment where we talk about our favorite comic of 2022, our favorite writer, our favorite new writer or artist, um, I'm very excited because I, I threw in this category. No one said no to it, but I'm really excited. I hope we do it. Our favorite talking comics moment of 2022. I hope we do it because I think there's just been so many wonderful things that have happened on the show this year, and I hope people uh, bring some of that too. So we'll have those kind of open discussion, common um, best ofs as well. Uh, and then after we do these shows over the course of the next month or so, uh, We'll come back together in the new year, like we always do after our winter break, and talk about what, you know, piqued our interest from our colleagues' presentations um, and if we were able to read any of them, or watch any of them, or experience any of them. We'll probably open it up too, to to you guys at home uh, via our new Hive and Instagram pages, I'm sure, uh, to get your best subs and the things that you would recommend to us to, to take a look at over our winter break as well. Um, our hope is that this allows for a broader array of favorite things from 2022 to be discussed without that competitive um, element that often pushed things aside if it didn't get, you know, a second vote or anything like that. Um, I'm excited for it. I I, I I don't know how y'all feel about it. I, I felt some excitement from the room when I was running it down, but uh, I'm excited. I think it'll be fun.
2: Oh, absolutely. I'm excited. It is a a decade of the other way, and that's been a lot of fun, and we may go back to that at some point, too. But to, to have a break and particularly with so many hosts this time around, I think it's going to be nice to have everything out there. As you say, it'll be a broad array of stuff. We all will now have time if our listeners put some stuff into the pot, where before we we were each of us catching up with, I don't know, four or five graphic novels, giant arcs of books that we hadn't read at all. So you had to read 12 to 15 books across categories, it was daunting sometimes. Sometimes even coming up with the books was difficult.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I was just going to say, it was even just difficult to be able to get all the material that was shared. Yeah.
0: Yeah, especially because uh, on the show, I'd say over the last four years, you know, when the show started, it was a lot of Big Two stuff, and it was a lot of, like, superhero or, or, you know, mainstream image stuff that was still doing those Weekly serialized floppy story arc style comics, right? But in the last four years or so, a lot of the co hosts that have come through are looking at things that, like the webtoons or graphic novels, graphic memoirs, things that um, don't necessarily follow that model. So it was hard to sometimes fit those into those categories. I know that, you know, Steve plays the video games, right? I don't play the video games. Does that mean that Steve's favorite video games for 2022 shouldn't be talked about? Of course not. It absolutely should. if It's, if it's comics adjacent. But there was never that, that category for it, you know? Um, and when we did try to do a category for it, there wasn't enough material to warrant no, yeah. all five or six of us to talk about it. So I, my hope is that this model will allow us to really talk about the things that spoke to us. Um, and I always felt bad, you know, when... Melissa would bring horror comics, which as the listeners know, I stick away from with a six foot pole. But her books were so awesome and I would have to catch up with all of them. And even though I love catching up with all of them, as Bob, you're saying that took time, you know. Um, So I'm I'm eager to see how it it plays out. Uh, The listeners at home, I hope that you guys can get in on it too um, and and share your favorite things as well. Because, you know, there are things that we talk about on the show every week or rather there are things that we – just pass over every week uh, that we. Kn- I know that our listeners love and uh, often ask us, why aren't you reading this? Why aren't you reading this? This is your moment to shine and to mm-hmm. tell us, hey, take a look at this. And, and you know, we'll have the time to do that now over the winter break.
2: I think last year's was Nightwing. People were honest about. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 Which was like, now I'm caught up on Nightwing and Nightwing is freaking amazing, <laughs> you know? See, there you go. Uh, uh, there was one issue that no one told me about where every page like the whole book was just like one long page and I I gotta look it up I can't remember it was like Nightwing 88 or something like that or 89 and like every page was just a continuation of the next page so it was like that Silver Server issue Bob if you remember way back when sure the The Mobius strip Yeah, but it was just like every like and you follow Nightwing and Babs like they would just like kind of sequentially go through this single long image. So, you know, if I had it in hard copy, I would rip all the pages out and lay it all next to each other. I would never <laughs> do that. But uh, amazing issue. I loved I freaking love Nightwing. It's so good. I'll probably talk about it on my mm-hmm. best of spoilers. Um, yeah, I like it. We'll see what happens if you hate it, you hate it, let us know. And we'll go back to ripping each other's throats out next year. Um, <laughs> but my hope is that this one, you know, gives us a really wonderful birth of, of, of new comics. An afterbirth of comics, if you will. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, <okay>. Lightning rounds? <laughs> yes,
1: <please. laughs> yes, just Aaron. please. All righty, let's afterbirth. do this. Okay. All right. All right, let's just do this. Uh I got a couple of books, well, maybe a couple three to talk about. Um, I'm gonna start now with vanquish, I'm sorry, Vanquish. Vanish numbers two and three, uh, Donnie Cates, I know Bob, and Ryan Segman. Um, you might remember we talked about the first issue of this book when it was kind of like a Harry Potter, you know, sort of, I don't know, meets the hunger games, meets the whatever you want to call it. It was just like a very dark sort of version of a magical world. Um where there was something that happened, that sort of you skip ahead, and the, and the characters from that story are now in modern day this world, this universe, and there's a reason why it's not the happy ending that you know you would think would happen once you know the big bad is is so, so-called killed, um, which is what happened in the first issue. Um, and these issues, these couple of issues, you you get to see a little bit more about what's going on at the end of the last issue, the end of issue one. You had a. A realization of the main character, Oliver, who was basically identified as the chosen one. The one who was able to effectively destroy the big bad, the Voldemort of the story. Um, and uh, he's not doing so well. Uh, he's sort of come on hard times because, you know, what happens when you peak when you're like 15 years old or, th- or you're know, 14 years old and you have your whole life to, to live, especially after what happened to you as a child? It's not a good life. Um, in any event, uh, finds himself in present day runs across something that seems a little odd in this world where superheroes exist and comes to find out. These superheroes are not, you know, mutants or whatever, however you want to call it. They somehow fell into a vat of something and got powers, but rather sort of leftovers from this so-called world that they thought they had sort of purged uh, and, and and sort of shut down. And he's gone on this little rampage to basically say, hmm, that must mean that this big bad that I thought I vanquished is still out there somewhere. And I got to wreck some shop now. Um, but like I said, he's not in a great way. And you begin to see you know, this fine line of, again, this is similar to how we, we looked at um, Tom Taylor's book. I'm so sorry. What's the? Commanders and Crisis? No. Is that, was, no. was that him? No. Uh, the Seven one that secrets? we loved. Thank you, Seven, Seven secrets. secrets. How we were always wondering, are we on the right team? You definitely get that sense here. Are you on the right team? Um, you know, he's 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 wrecking some shop and he's going through some things and he's making some choices and these choices are not always those that his loved ones or the ones around him would want him to make. Um, but it's 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 creating this, I don't know, this sort of tension in this world that you can see is going to build up and explode in some way and you just don't know how. So again, you sort of won this ride wondering whether or not you are on the right team, or if you are just sort of sitting back watching the the birth of another big bad. So, um, it's been interesting. It's it's, it's been an interesting way to tell the story. Um, yeah, I'd say check it out. You know, I know not everyone loves Donnie Cates. I'm not saying any. I'm not naming names. Who uh, who what? Huh? <laughs> I'm not, not naming <laughs> names, but uh, you know, just you know, this is what it is. But um, yeah, Vanish Number Two and Three, catch up on that. Uh, the other book I really wanted to talk about because I just thought it was. Really, a really cute self contained story, Immortal X Men number eight. And this is, uh, this issue is narrated by Raven. Uh, and it is really, you know, going into some of the oldest of the X Men, um, wondering why they've been allowed, how their powers allowed them to live, you know, for centuries. Um, and a little bit of a story about one of their first meetings. This story circles around Irene and Raven and, uh, Sinister or Doctor Nathaniel Essex, and the one thing about this that I really loved was that it's told from Raven's objective, uh, but it it's predicated on her motivating factor to all of this is a trying to outsmart Irene, who can obviously see the probabilities of the future, but also how that just makes her more and more in love with her, um, and despite the fact that you know these are not necessarily good people. I couldn't help but find myself be sort of caught up in that oh, isn't this cute the way they're the way they're doing this. Um, you have a scenario here where there's a mystery afoot in England in the 1800s, and you're trying to figure out who's uh, you mm. know uh, well whatever year this was, but you're trying to figure out you know what's causing this mystery, how this person you know how these things are happening, and of course Raven now is disguising herself as Sherlock Holmes, um, and you know going and identifying herself as the greatest detective. And you basically get to see a little bit of background about uh, sinister as how sinister you know, despite being in all for all intents and purposes human, how he's able to survive, how he's able to live all these lives as you remember, we may, we've seen the actual real Nathaniel Essex in the ex, one of the most recent epis, issues of X-Men. Um, and it sort of gives you a little background as to how that came to be and it actually calls back to one of the characters that was critical in the early uh, stages of this new world of X. I just thought this book was really, really cute, really, really fun in a weird, dark sort of way and gave a little bit of a insight into what I think is coming post you know, this whole Judgment Day scenario, post this now everyone realizes that they are um, able to essentially be immortal. But also, it looks like it's veering us back towards this whole, we have to, the objective of Kokoa was to prepare us for the future. Um, I enjoyed this. I really, really enjoyed this. This was just, you know, it hit the spot for me this week. Again, Kieran Gill and Mark Brooks. Um, yeah, it's basically the Irene and Raven story, which is very cute. I say, check it out. Immortal X Men number eight. And that is my lightning round. Suck it, Joey. Very <laughs> yeah,
0: prompt. Uh, I am very behind on my X Men stuff because I chose the road less traveled and went down dark places. Uh, and didn't read AXE and, and I got to catch up on it obviously. Um Is it how much of the X books right now are beholden to judgment day?
1: This one isn't at all. Okay. Okay. All right. Good, really, good, I mean good and good the I think X-Men well X-Men what X-Men is, but I think this recent one is not yeah. the X Men. You're going to be full on if you're reading the regular X Men book. You're going to be full on. This one isn't yeah. so much. So you I, can read this uh, issue, this issue separately, and yeah. it just mentions post Judgment Day in the opening liner notes, but it's not. It's not something that because this is happening a hundred years ago. I've spent so much
0: time, like like I said, I when DC Universe Infinite Plus Plus came out. I dove right into Superman's Son of Kal-el and Nightwing, and I've been catching up on all of that. Uh, I read all of, um, uh, you know, a couple of other DC series, but it just took up all my bandwidth. So now I'm like on Marvel Unlimited, like scrambling to catch up with like X Men Red, and Eternals, and you know, Immortal X Men, so that I'm even prepared for when. AXE even drops on Marvel Unlimited. Um, Judgment Day drops on Marvel Unlimited. So I'm definitely playing to catch up. I'm obviously planning the catch up too as we get into the, the the best of shows we were just talking about because hearing you guys talk about Judgment Day, the last couple of issues, I'm like, damn, I really missed out. I missed out <laughs> on, on, I think, something that I, I really, 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 I think would have really been into not that i'm not liking dark crisis and i think john did a good yeah. job talking about it last week that like i i went back and read dark crisis six and i had a lot of fun with it so like it, it's not like i mean that facetiously obviously road less traveled but i i i do i'm kicking myself a little bit because i'm like oh you well, love that's those funny characters
1: <laughs> well that's the funny thing because i mean you say the Road less traveled we all read Dark Crisis as well. I know, I know, <laughs> so, I know, I know. So we just ended up talking about X Men <laughs> more on the show. I had some big
0: expenses uh, in the months leading up to the, <laughs> the end of Judgment Day. All right. So awesome. I couldn't, like, you know, just be throwing away money at both, you know, $100 uh, <laughs> crossover issues. And I didn't even read all the Dark Crisis, like, tie in things. Um, dark crisis i think young dark crisis young justice is that the one that chris is, keeps talking about
2: yeah um because that team, one looks uh, amazing yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> or team something
2: like that yeah anyway what's the lag time with marvel unlimited at this point
0: three months so i think i think the first five issues of judgment day mm-hmm. four four issues of judgment day might be up there right now um how long do you think
1: they drop it for a month
0: I don't think they will. I don't think they have to. There's no, there's no, no reason for them to because their market share is already so high. You know, DC's trying to do anything to just like kind of catch up a little bit. Marvel's going to put out eighty books a a, a month. You know, easily. With all the books. Star
2: Wars things. Yeah.
0: Exactly. It feels mm-hmm. like eighty books a week sometimes. <laughs> it does. Um, I was just going to So say, like yeah. They, they don't have a need to to cut that release window time, you know, because people are going to turn out for those books. Um, DC, I think, is just trying to scramble to get eyes on their IP, you know. Yeah. Um, there's some weird stuff coming out this week, but it looks really cool. So I'll definitely be hitting it up. But, yeah, I, um, I'm excited for Dark Crisis to end. I'm excited to catch up with Judgment Day because I do feel like I haven't read a lot of X-Men recently because I've been – so behind on the crossover but it's good to hear that the last couple of issues have been kind of uh
1: self-contained this yeah this one was really you really like it it was really cute that I've never been a hundred percent on board with Raven and Irene especially because of the way that you know Raven got Irene back but seeing them in this light it's it's really cute it's 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 yeah. fun
0: they're great. They're great. That's a throwback to a, a different era of of comics.
2: Well, it's pretty amazing. When for that couple of years where there weren't X Men in anything, or no Fantastic Four because of someone had a snit. Yeah. And now the X Men are back everywhere. They're they're uh, heavily into the new Captain Marvel storyline. Yeah. Bring us back to the Brood.
1: Yeah, and, and the nice Fantastic Four them. has had two series. Yeah. yeah. And then, then they start bringing out. Not only are there X Men there, but you know, at one point, I think we were all just thinking there's going to be just the the main X Men characters. Now you, you're like, they're reaching back into the coffers and bringing out characters that you're just like, wait, what? Honestly, that's what's
0: been missing for years. You know, the, mm-hmm. when Bendis was doing his run, uh, and then it got handed over to like Lemire and 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 that gang too. They were like, it was like the X-Men and also like the time displaced versions of those same X-Men. And and like those are those are the main characters of the line. It was like you got two Cyclops and two this and two that. So Mm -hmm. prior to that, you did have, you know, Utopia and the 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 Gene Gray Institute, and you had those kind of like fun back wall X characters floating around but then they disappeared for years for yeah. years we didn't have them so it's really glad I'm really glad to have them back I'm glad to see the the, the franchise really just exploding um, I gotta catch up I'm really I, I it's, it's it's so much I, I gotta I haven't read any X-Men Red, and that's the thing that I like I feel like I have to read before that's I jump into the judgment for day no I know reason I know it's good <laughs> <laughs> I know it's good. I know. I know. I know. It's it's my biggest regret. I've been reading New Mutants, and I love New Mutants. You know, Vita did amazing work with with those characters. Um, so it's it's got new new writers now, but I, I love New Mutants, but yeah, I fell off X-Men, I fell off Immortal, and I gotta start X-Men Red because I just I was like, oh, I'm not doing judgment day, so I'm just gonna put all these on pause. But
1: I'll catch up. I'll catch up. You will. We believe in you, Doug. Yeah, we have faith. Vanish sounds fun. Tony Cates. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. I, I did not know what to expect after that first issue, but they sort of, the, he's doing a good job of, of drawing and creating this character that's not exactly straightforward. And, you know, yeah. it's, there is no one who believes in him. Let me put it that way.
0: When, <laughs> but, when was the last time we got crossover?
1: I don't even know.
0: Was that um, this year? Yeah. yeah.
1: It was Did it this actually year? finish yeah. or was it still? Was it summer? I feel like I, it was I think late it summer, maybe August.
0: It didn't finish. Something crazy it happened did, at the end, I remember. I thought it did finish.
2: Did it? Wait it a finished. minute. We're supposed to know these things, guys. Yeah, like, this is our <laughs>
1: literal job. Yeah, I mean- <laughs> we get paid the big bucks for this. I'm, I'm I'm leaning into it. Finished crossover. All right, here we go. June second is when the uh, second
0: volume came out. All right, let's see. I'm gonna I'm just gonna scroll off to the the last panel. No, it didn't finish. I I, I, I remember <laughs> what happened. Oh, you want to know what happened? I'll spoil it for you right now. I read it. So at the ahead. end, at the end of the book, right, Donnie Cates is like, yeah, the character Donnie Cates.
1: Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. Is yeah, like
0: yeah. is like bleeding out, and he's like, "I'm just the writer." If you really want <laughs> to stop great. this, if you really want to stop all this, you have to. And then it says in big letters, "Kill Jeff Shaw," which is the yeah. artist on the book. So that that's what happened, and that was back in June. Spoilers for crossover, everyone.
1: If you haven't read it. It only helps if you say spoilers in the beginning of that.
0: Yeah. 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 Spoilers <laughs> for crossover. Down. Spoilers for crossover. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, I love that book. Donnie, Donnie Cates. This is why we changed the best ofs because we would be like Donnie Cates. And then half of the people on the show would be like, Rah! and the other half would be like, no, we love Donnie Cates. So this, this is why we changed the best of so that we don't get into those spats. Right. There well, I'll I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll plead guilty
2: yeah <laughs> that's me you know um,
1: now Bob feels
2: attacked I, I've loved I some know. of what he did but he followed Jason Aaron twice on books I loved and went in directions I wasn't happy with and that'll that'll right. do it that'll right, always right, do right. it.
0: Right yeah oh speaking of here let me i'll do my lightning round next because i was very <laughs> surprised to read a jason aaron book this week um not that i don't like jason Aaron; i love jason aaron but i was surprised to read a jason aaron book that wasn't like avengers bc or whatever the heck you know <laughs> like um i read once upon a time at the end of the world's number one from jason aaron and alexandre tefengi who you might remember from uh, the good asian uh lila on colors who by the way Lee Loffridge. Yeah. Awesome. Like, talk about like a staple of the industry that just like pops up on books, and I love Lee Loffridge. Fantastic work. Um, Nick Dragada does the last two pages of the book, too. Okay, so this one I'm not I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on. Post apocalyptic story opens with this um girl named Mezi. She's like rowing a boat covered in like Mad Max spikes through like the toxic sludge that will become the oceans, you know? And she's like rowing through the cities. Uh, and you got like the classic narration. It's like, as I row through this sludge and the climate is hot and I'm, you know, struggling to survive, blah, blah, blah.
1: Last convention- yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: of course. Very conventional stuff. She like comes across a tower. And in the tower, she meets this boy named uh, Maceo, um, who's like got food and supplies and things. And they have a little bit of a meat cute, you know. Is that kind of, it's like an apocalyptic, you know, meat cute? Uh, Mezzi's like, I don't want any of this, and she like, she's like, screw you, I'm gone, runs away. End of the book, spoilers. Uh, Maceo's like, no, I'm coming with you, ha ha ha, and he's like, got an oversized. Sp- bag and he's just like tagging along and it's a it's like a really cute story and i'm like all right jason aaron i'm surprised that this is such a conventional post-apocalyptic romance story then you turn the page on the Uh last two pages and it's like many years later flash forward in time and the sky is on fire and one of the characters is like on a stone slab being sacrificed by demons and i'm like what happened like what is going on here we jumped <laughs> way out there um so so honestly he got me he really did i was like okay do i want to read this like more post apocalyptic nonsense but then that like flash forward in time to like you know the gates of hell opening up i'm in let's let's see how this goes Tofengi's artwork is fantastic as i said lee luffridge does some fantastic work here as well um Jason Aaron, it's fun to see him not doing a superhero book here um, and kind of getting to let loose a little bit. It, it's always fun to see, you know, these artists and writers that we see so often in, in on that superhero side of comics doing this kind of work. We mentioned Seven Secrets before with Tom Taylor, um, watching, you know, Tom King doing Love Everlasting, you know. So there's I, I'm really excited to see what Jason Aaron is able to do with this. Um, OK, so what do I want to do next? Let me just quickly say to Andor, if you didn't finish Andor on Disney plus and you're a Star Wars fan, it's awesome. It's really fantastic. Um, I'm a huge Rogue One fan. Andor has been uh, that kind of mature political intrigue, rebellion Ooh. version of Star Wars that I haven't seen in a long time. Done so well. Um, it was 12 episodes which I think is like one of the longest things I've ever seen on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. I, I, It's been going since like September. I've loved every second of it. A couple of slow so, moments here and there, but I love it. It's fantastic.
1: You're going to say, so, Aaron? Ka- Carolyn and Hugh made fun of me and Melissa actually because for whatever <laughs> reason, I thought episode six was the final episode. <laughs> I was like, did you see Andrew this week? I was like, wait, what? It <laughs> just like, and it was like, the they were like talking words, about like episode five. The
2: credit sequence, maybe. I don't yeah.
1: know. I was just like, oh, oh, it seemed awfully final when they blew up that thingamabob, and oh, that no, wasn't man. it. Oh, okay. no, man. Well, I I, no, man. I guess I got to catch up.
0: It goes places. Um, but that's what I liked about it. it. It did not shy away from the consequences, uh, which is you know, unheard of in a lot of these kind of, you know. uh, Joe, you uh, you mentioned
2: Rogue One. I really enjoyed the heck out of that. Even knowing that it's a prequel has to get to certain places. Yeah. You were so engaged by clever writing and again, the consequences of what could happen and people accepting their own consequences. If you're saying this is like this, I may have to dive in. I haven't so far.
0: It's awesome and they did announce a second season also of 12 episodes probably dropping in 2024 also show run by by Tony Gilroy um, and it's going to it's going to be the 12 episodes kind of like following up on what just happened in this season leading right up to where we see Andor and Rogue One so it's going to kind of like fill in that that gap cool. um, which I'm excited about okay so that's all that's the the, the lesser stuff I did want to take a few minutes though to my lightning round starts now. Uh, <laughs> ha ha. Um, I wanted to take a few minutes Cheating. to talk about <laughs> uh, ducks two years in the oil sands uh, by Kate Beaton of Hark of a Vagrant f- um, fame. Yeah. Um, this is drawn in quarterly graphic memoir clocks in at like 450 pages. Um, I saw it. I saw it last week. When I was doing some, you know, comic shopping around the the holidays, and uh, I love Kate Beaton, obviously, this is nothing like what you would expect <laughs> from from those those wonderful comic strips that you probably read on Live Journal or Tumblr or in Harker Vagrant if you bought it, um, which is obviously how I know Kate uh, Kate's work. So I'll just read a little bit of the solicit here. Um, before there was Kate Beaton New York Times best-selling cartoonist of Hark Vagrant There was Katie Beaton of the Cape Breton Beaton, specifically Mabu A tight-knit seaside community Where the lobster is as abundant as beaches, fiddles And Gaelic folk songs With the singular goal of paying off her student loans Katie heads out west to take advantage Of Alberta's oil rush Part of the long tradition of east coasters Who seek gainful employment elsewhere When they can't find it in the homeland they love so much Katie encounters the harsh reality Of life in the oil sands where trauma is an everyday occurrence, yet is never discussed. So that's that's the premise. This is a memoir, graphic memoir of KP and basically two years working in these oil factories um, and being, you know, homesick and impoverished and struggling as a recent college grad with a degree in art, struggling to find who she is and dealing with the very real, I guess, lack of a better term dangers and challenges of being in an industry where it's one woman for 50 men, you know, working out on these rakes and, you know, it is harsh. It is, it is handled with such care and uh, nuance in how she really expresses these traumas uh, and abuses and things that she endured uh, for those two years, just with that goal of paying off her student loans. So like even the premise alone has such prescience to it Um now you combine all of that narrative and that honesty that she brings to it with this cartooning style that, that we are familiar with from Hark a Vagrant. Um, and it takes on such a wonderful new life. Um, I've always found her work to be so charming and winsome to use one of Bob's favorite words uh, and uh, uh, really wonderfully, you know structured and, and precise. But given the, the the headiness of the material and the, the intensity of some of the material, I was wondering if it would be, I guess, I guess for lack of a better word, like appropriate or or the the right vehicle for this kind of story. And I was so foolish to think that because it absolutely is <laughs> like like yeah. it is a it is a stunning stunning work. Uh, and it's about like I said, it's about 450 pages. It took I I, I just like I woke up early one morning probably at like 7am and I read for like four hours and I just read the whole wow. thing. And it's, 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 I did the same thing last year with Bechdel's graphic memoir that you to put together. That. Well, yeah. well we, we've had yeah. Elsa Bechdel
2: and now Kate Beaton yeah. back to back and, years. And,
0: and it's wonderful too, because like Bechdel kind of came from that too. Like that kind of like one pager, yeah. you know, comic strip, dykes, dykes to watch out for kind of uh Background that cartooning background, and to, and but of course, then she moved into these graphic memoir, graphic novel writing mode. Be in. I've only ever known her as a cartoonist. So to, to so to see her take that cartooning into this longer form narrative is so stunning. Like what a wonderful work. Um Steve, I know responded to my outline to be like, Ducks is amazing. So I'm I'm eager to hear what what, what his thoughts were as well. I couldn't remember if he talked about it in the show or if he talked about it when I wasn't here. I believe um, so. Yeah, but it's 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 so incredible and I was so moved by it. It's funny though, because you read the book and there are sequences of it that read like one pagers. Like th- like there are moments in the book where like it'll be like a one page kind of like setup, you know, delivery follow-up joke, kind of just like as a one page comic embedded in this longer form autographic text. Um it's really astounding if you haven't got a chance to read it yet i i really really rec- recommend it um it's a it is a tour de force for kate beaton absolutely um and i think a, a uh, an affirmation of her her talent you know she's not just comic strips and webtoons you know web comics this is that she is a seminal comics artist for for um all the reasons you would think. So Ducks, Two Years in the Oil Sands, Drawn and Quarterly, KP in,
2: check it out. It's amazing.
0: <laughs> That's all I got. I Shazam.
2: do want to dive into Once Upon a Time at the End of the World. I was just looking at some of it. It's stunning.
0: It's great. Tefenge <laughs> is one of my favorite artists. I loved Good Asian. It was amazing. And uh uh the it is such a cool It's all the things that you would think from that kind of story. Like I said, it's like it hits all the beats. You know, she's Rowan. It's the world is awful. This other guy who's been sheltered and like, you know, has had food his whole time during the apocalypse. Like they like, you know, butt heads a little bit. And she's like, I'm gone. And then, of course, he's like, no, I want to come. And you're like, "Okay, we're just going through it. But then it takes a turn.
2: Well, I, I look at the, the, the various covers of these things. There's a great uh, Mike Del Mundo cover of them like rowing through that. I don't know. It's Lake Erie or whatever they're doing Yeah. There. Yeah. With their masks on, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, I and, love that cover. It's like a gas mask kiss or whatever. Yeah. There's another yeah. one where uh, I guess it's Maceo has got his giant bag on just trumping through the, the wilderness and the rain's pouring down. The, the, the mood of this, you know- <laughs> Jason Aaron wrote a lot of really good stuff and it doesn't sometimes feel like it's always superheroes. He wrote great characters and it sounds like he's right there with this one.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: I'm in and it's boom. It's I mean, great. come on. It's boom. Aaron, were you just going to say
1: shots of damn? Yep, no, I, I was just looking at it as well. And I was just like, Oh, okay. Maybe this will be one of those. Uh, well, I'm certain we'll probably be hearing a little bit more about it at the end of the year, but
0: this was another one of those weird ones like that uh, Charles Soule book that it was like book one. And I was like, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> like, what What game is this that we're playing? Like Charles Soule on uh, that book about the circles of hell or whatever. Hell to pay. When he was like, this is the first of six books of six issues each. I'm like, since uh, when? <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: Read the room, Charles. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: like, I think hey,
2: I'm looking at it. Wow. Okay. Might have to, might have to. Yeah, I'm going to have to check into this one.
0: Thank you, Joey. It's cute. It's fun. It's fun. Um, And do read Ducks if you, if you haven't, it's, it's, that's, that's so far the, the book that has just really hit me in the last couple of months. It's, it, it was really, really good. Just checked. It's my Steve library is getting it show. in. So I'm in. I could have remember. He, he responded to my email to be like. Ducks is so good. But then when I like kind of scrolled back through the shows, I've been on and off so many times and I can't remember which ones I've listened to, but I couldn't see if it was in any of the notes, but if he has, I'm sure he raved about it because it's about Canada. So
1: I'm, I it does, know it, that I have heard this book. I've heard about this book and I was sitting here racking my mind while you were talking about it, especially about, especially about her traumas and everything. That was really what, tr- what, what triggered my memory. I'm trying to remember who spoke about it. It was one of two places that uh, I've heard. It was either gutsnuck at our Algonquin dinner. Oh, we have maybe. talked about it Ooh. or it was a, one of the uh, panelists at one of a, one of the like, NYCC, but I know I've right, heard right. someone give a pretty detailed it's, um, description. It came out
0: at the, it came out mid September. So it might've actually been at one of those things. Cause I think Beaton was doing some, some, some circuits there to, to promote yeah. the book. So it's amazing. I, I think that if you're looking for a really personal, intimate, funny, serious, like it, it does it all. She's such a capable storyteller and really, really stunning work. Um, it it obviously goes to some places, as I kind of, you know, intimated there. But like I said, it it handles it with such care. Uh that I think it's she says in the back of the book in her afterword, she's like, I this book is not meant to sensationalize any of this. These are real people. These are people that, you know, are complicated and this experience is one that I is a part of my life. And uh, I did not want to sensationalize these things that happened to me, um, and I, I I think that I think that the book speaks for itself in 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 those regards. It's it's just a really stunning piece of of graphic storytelling.
1: Woo, cool I would say these are the types of books I always refer to when, because you know, even in twenty twenty two, when you tell someone, I'm just going to call them an outsider that you read comics, the first thing they think of are like 1984, like Superman comics and that's all they can think about. Yeah. And when you let them know that, you know, and someone who who had, and it was interesting, I quieted someone down once when they had that sort of idea and I gave them a copy of I Kill Giants. uh, Nice choice. You know, for one of their, and it was a particular choice because there is someone who lost their mother to cancer. And I was just like, hmm. "Here is what I want you to read, and I want yeah. you to tell me how this affects you." Yeah. yeah, change that too. We are we are so far away from the
0: like, oh, you're new to comics. Read Watchmen. <laughs> you know, like, yes, read, exactly. like we are so far away from those days that if anybody says that, I just want to like suck them in the teeth. You know, it's just Basically, like, bro, yeah. like. There is so much more out there and so much stuff that is so much more accessible, meaningful for Watchmen is so hard. Like it is a hard book and it is not mm-hmm. a book that if you're quote unquote new to comics, you start with. Like It's not the one that you bring
1: people into the fold and with. No,
0: no, absolutely not. Like that is a that is satire on top of like complex narrative on top of structure. Like that is a book that you have to like, like you have to like level up <laughs> to be able to mm-hmm. understand that book beyond the kind of like more toxic elements of it. Same thing with like, you know, Dark Knight Returns or any of those books from the 80s, you know, going back to that era. Like there are so many of th- I Kill Giants is one of them. My, my favorite thing is monsters. My uh, favorite
2: impending thing. blindness of Billy Scott. I mean, we could oh, go yeah. down the list of the well, wonderful absolutely. things we yeah. read over the last 10 and years. And even there. like
0: if they want to do superhero stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like there's so many books that are more accessible. Um, just based on the stories that they tell and how they deal with the medium, then some of those more, like, I, like, I would not be like, Oh, you love comics. Here's Grant Morrison's all-star Superman. Like Wait, that is a complex yeah. narrative. Like, here's G Willow Wilson's Ms.
2: Marvel too. instead. That's yeah. what you should No, be.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Cause it's accessible. It deals with the medium. The story is accessible. Like I, that's the thing that, that, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad that we've done that work here on the show. You know, like Mm -hmm.
2: trying to get, but we did it.
0: Yeah. Trying to get people to like, you know, reevaluate what, what to give a new reader, you know, even some of this stuff, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't give a new comic book reader some of that silver age stuff because it's a different, more like, uh, D- compressed type of storytelling that is a little bit dense for a new reader to the medium. Well, also, so once they wet cool. their toes a little bit, go for it. Go read those old Fantastic Four. Go read that Spider Man stuff. Go read Chris Claremont's X Men. Right, but if it's like,
2: going to take you a half an hour to read a Claremont X Men bur- book, yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. But also, because they're written, how should we say it? They're, some of those books are written with the tone of the day. You yeah. know, so if you are someone who. Benefits from in this Marvel because you see yourself or other people of color, you know, having these experiences. You're gonna have a little bit of a culture shock if you go back and read, you know, like a '67 Superman or something like that. Or, or you know great what I mean? Scott, Lois, exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Lois is literally just there to be, you know, snatched from a falling off from falling off a building somewhere. Yeah. There's no other word, purpose. <laughs> you're gonna you know, you're gonna have a culture shock there, and you're gonna see that story told in, you know, like seven hundred words a, 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 bubble. Yeah. <laughs> know, a bubble, like instead. you said, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's gonna take you know, six hours to read it, but
0: I, I, and I've gone back and I've read arcs of of those books and I've loved it, but I've also been reading comics for a long time, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. and you have the the you have the discourse, you have the the language to be able to to process that you know um we do we teach i kill giants one of one of my colleagues teaches i kill oh. giants during the uh, graphic novel unit yeah um yeah it's it's uh yeah something to think about you know um, i'm sure we've all
2: given that as gifts to people yeah.
0: right Oh, I kill giants. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I've given, yeah. I kill giants. I've given ABC many times, which by the way, Aaron, I don't know if I've told you enough. Thank you for, for that copy. It, it, I, I love it so much. <laughs> um, uh, I love Yeah, that There's just me a picture.
1: <laughs> there's so many
0: pictures of, uh, there's so many, there's so many comics that I love that I love to gift. So yeah. Um, Bob, you ready?
2: Sure. You ready for this preview lightning round you got going? Uh, there is some of that, so let's let's just dive right in. I'm going to start with something that's only comics adjacent, but will definitely interest the fantasy film buffs out there who might not know of this book or even the film it covers. The book's called War Eagles, and it's by David Conover and Philip J. Riley, and they've put together a beyond comprehensive look into what the back cover describes as the greatest motion picture never made. Now, between nineteen thirty eight and nineteen forty, Mirian C. Cooper, who is the producer of the original King Kong, he reteamed with that movie's pioneering stop motion artist Willis O'Brien, to begin work on War Eagles, a technical extravaganza with a plot. Okay, here we go. An expedition discovers a lost world filled with dinosaurs, ape men, plus a race of Vikings who fly around on the backs of giant eagles. During their encounter with these folks, word comes to the team that the Nazis have launched an air raid against New York, and the Vikings agree to come back and help, resulting in an aerial battle between Nazi fighter planes and giant eagles over the skies of New York. Now, to some studio problems and the outbreak of the actual Second World War, the project was abandoned. Now, this amazing book, chock full of behind-the-scenes info, rare photos of animation tests, production notes... Scripts like three different versions of the script. It they bring it back to life, if only on the silver screen of your mind. I I bought this as a gift for someone. Had to get one for myself once I saw it, and I'm I'm just knocked out by this. And a quick side note: rumors are that the director of Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow, Carrie Conran, was interested in reviving this project, but sadly that never came to pass. But if you've got a movie fan in your in your Christmas list, War Eagles. Not a bad gift at all. Joey mentioned previews. Yeah, I, weird shipping schedules this week, so I'm a little early, but here we go. The Batgirls 2022 Annual by Becky Clune, Michael W. Conrad, Robbie Rodriguez, Rico Renzi, and Dave Sharp was a book-length story with a Freaky Friday premise as due to some mystic shenanigans, Cass and Steph find themselves inhabiting each other's bodies Get out of town. Which isn't the greatest thing with both Cass's mom, Lady Shiva, and Steph's dad, the Clue Master, in town. Get out of town. Yes, indeed. This is very much in continuity, by the way. So it spirals out of the regular series and heads right back in. So if you're a Batgirls fan, you need this angle. This isn't like a throwaway. This is the real deal. You're going to need this one. Another book I got because, well, stuff... Justice Society of America number one, Jeff Johns, Mikhail Yannin, Jordi Belair, Rob Lee, plus a whole bunch of big guest artists, too. Just another fascinating trip through JSA history, although not the way we've known it up to now. As Jeff Johns is, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, making this up as he goes along. We're introduced to Helena Wayne here, aka The Huntress, daughter of Selena and Bruce. I mean, sort of like the way she started back on Earth 2 in 1977, but we're also in a future 26 years from now. And she's assembled a new Justice Society whose roster clearly rankles Power Girl as they're all legacy villains, and that includes Solomon Grundy, Joey. Hell yeah. You throw in some mysterious Doctor's fate doings, and we're headed into, or perhaps backwards toward... Some really fun stuff. I'm loving what's going on with this the whole JSA stuff and the golden age that that John's is doing, of course. Now, here we go. What finally, I mean, what can you say about a story that features two Loki's, two Beyonders, Ascendant Nebula, Galactus's mom, the one above all, and a bunch of Lee Kirby Ditko Heck monsters. Well, it's Defenders Beyond Number Five, of course, by Al Ewing, Javier Rodriguez, and Joe Carmagna. The non-team arrives at the House of Ideas, which was last seen back in Loki solo series a couple years ago, as their final quest. And it's frankly indescribable in a lightning round, so you need to pick this up and the trade too, because you should. Now, for you America Chavez fans, the one above all, archivist of all the Marvel Universe stories tells her that nothing that was made is ever lost. Can you and Rodriguez please do an America series and bring her mom's back, please? Just bring everything back. Exactly. Bring it all back. Bring it back. Uh, I'm done. No more, I'm done. <laughs> no more
0: coming out of a vault in Long Island. No. no, no. Exactly. Jeez. <laughs> Uh we've done a lot of screaming at clouds tonight on the show. Yes
1: we have. Um, no, like I I Erica yeah. and White Castle all come out of the <laughs> same <sand> vault.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> That's another that Defenders is another series on my Marvel Unlimited like must-read list. Um <laughs> I I'm so excited to to like I keep opening it up and then being distracted by Nightwings butt. so I <laughs> I keep you know jumping back over. Um I'm glad to hear Justice League, not Justice League, Justice Society and Batgirls are awesome this week because, one, I'm always hesitant on the annuals. So I was like, oh, do I get the Batgirls annual? So uh, the story you described makes me absolutely want to pick oh, up the it. annual this week. <coughs> and um, the Justice Society too. <laughs> I, I am very, very excited about.
2: And the, the three books are t- kind of tying together. I mean, you could read it on its own, but it, it's going to be better to have read The New Golden Age and Stargirl. Right. But I, you could probably skip the Stargirl, but I think that's its own great little story on its own. Yeah. But The, the way you the,
0: described it last week, it seemed to be very Stargirl fans love it.
2: Very very TV-oriented, in, in in that's more the vibe. These other two are a little more... Grown up, so to speak. Sure. I mean, there's there's some dark stuff here, and there, not that there isn't in the Stargirl one, but but again, Jeff Johns created Courtney Whitmore to honor his mm-hmm. lost sister, and mm-hmm. so it, it's always going to have a lighter tone to it. That's just his his way of telling that story. But if anyone's going to bring back the JSA, it's Jeff Johns.
0: Cool. Yeah, no, I'm ex- I'm eager to to
2: to read that. Who's the artist on that book? That is Mikhail Yannin with Jordy oh. Belair on colors. And we also have, okay. the, I, I, I neglected to mention because I forgot, but here we go. In all our time travely stuff, we also have Steve Lieber, Jerry Ordway, uh, John Collise, John Boyd. I mean, there's a lot of great other people in, in some of the flashback sequences.
1: Oh, okay. I will say, uh, going back to Defenders Beyond, when I finished that book, First of all, I, I, for some reason, was just caught off guard that that was the end, even though I knew it was the end for some reason. Uh, I literally remember saying to myself, this is the best book that I absolutely did not understand. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, this story was so wild and bizarre and just, just trippy and just batshit crazy. I was just like, I don't know what happened here. I liked all the parts uh, right up to the very last word, but I could not tell if someone was asked me to describe the story. I'd, I I don't know. Or like, just read it. It's fun. I, I have no idea what the story was, but
2: it's the perfect <laughs> meld of a, of a, a trippy writer and the ultimate trippy artist, this side of Mike Allred.
1: Yeah. It was a good time. Again, I completely forgot that it was the last one and I was like, wait, what? Um, and the way it was handled was just it was a quiet ending.
2: Yeah. So yeah. And, like and it like leaves us with I well, I don't want to spoil the ending you don't either I'm sure. It leaves mm-hmm. us with hopefully pieces someone else will pick up or that Al Ewing will pick up moving forward. Cuz I we'll he, he, we re, we all remember the Ultimates. We loved what he did over there with, with Adam Bashir and whatever and that he was so central to this story. Just beautiful.
1: I would do anything for him to come back into the fold like full time. I I, I don't necessarily know if I Marvel? want him in a, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't necessarily yeah. know if I want him in like a you know what they should do? Oh, a
2: Marvel you know plus TV show.
1: No, <sighs> they should do yeah, well that too, but Blue Marvel and Isaiah. Like, yeah. That would be an awesome book. And I can't remember his last name. Isaiah Isaiah Bradley. Thank you. The 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 other Captain America. Yeah, uh, the yeah. real Captain America, The real yeah. Captain America, you know, the people's Captain America. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it would be so. a ton of fun to have because Sam is still doing his Cap book, right? He's yep. that got to be up to issue seven now at this point. Um, at least that, yeah, yeah. I I I still think about that Falcon and Winter Soldier TV show and all of the lifting that it did for Sam's character, but then the introduction of the Isaiah Bradley character, which is so amazing. And I'm really excited that, that he gets to come back for the movie, but um, I, I would love to see that in the comics as well. And, and maybe, maybe blue Marvel and Sam Wilson cap and Isaiah Bradley have a little bit of a time travel shenanigans team up.
1: Yeah, I think that would be awesome. That'd be so fun to create another little part of the universe. So, I mean, I, and I say that similar to the way I think they did with miles sort of mm-hmm. took him out of the shadow with Peter Parker and, and put him in his mm-hmm. own space in the Marvel universe.
0: Did you ever read um, when ta Coates was doing like the, all of the black
1: Panther, like world stuff. Mm-hmm. Did you ever read um, black Panther and the crew? It's so funny you say that. I did not, but it was Carolyn and I were talking about it a couple weeks ago, and I literally pulled it um, up in my comicsology because it was one of those books I bought when they did the not, when they did the whole big Black Panther sale.
0: Yeah, yeah, that so. was a book like Coates, Coates, and his like his crew because he brought in like you know tons of of writers to to pick up what, like and expand that world out but that was a book with like World of Wakanda and like the one-shots that were happening and everything and and then Black Panther and the Crew was just like this little 6-issue thing that kind of ran in the background. It's it's amazing. It's it's really it was one of my favorite little mini series. It wasn't even supposed to be a mini series. It was something that I think was supposed to continue, but obviously it, it ended after I think 6. Such a good book. I I hope you get a chance to read it. Um yeah, it's awesome. Yep, I got it right here. All right, go read it now. <laughs> Everyone
1: pause. We'll be right back.
0: <laughs> um cool. Anything else on any of those books? Nope. So r- recap War Eagles, which sounds awesome. Batgirls twenty twenty two annual, Justice Society of America, number one, Defenders Beyond, Ducks, Once Upon a Time at the End of the World, Vanished, and Immortal X Men. That's that's those are our books this week. I also talked about Nightwing's butt okay that
2: happened
0: tom (laughs) taylor he knows what he knows what the people want okay uh let's see what else we got here we got the guardians of the galaxy holiday special dropped on friday (laughs) written and directed by james gunn starring all your favorites and chris pratt uh (laughs) no no that, that was for chris um also not in the also, not in the Guardians mix is Zoe Saldana's Gamora. We still don't know what's going on with her uh, after Endgame. I guess we'll follow up with that in Guardians of Galaxy three. Um, so basically, just a little bit of a, a plot overview. Peter is sad at Christmas time um, because of lots of things, both present and past. So Mantis and Drax decide to go to Earth. And kidnap the legendary hero, Kevin Bacon, as a special gift for good old Pete. That's in the trailers. That's the premise. The special is a 45 minute long bunch of holiday sweetness uh, that just has a bunch of shenanigans and musical numbers and, and the like. Uh, the old ninety sevens are a band uh, you might be familiar with their work. Uh, I used to play them all the time at the Rutgers radio station. Uh, they're in this in full on, you know, uh, makeup and prosthetics, and they play they play earth instruments and do a couple of musical numbers too. Um, I had a ton of fun with this. I, I, the Guardians are a tricky. They're, they're a tricky bunch. Uh, everyone has fond memories of the first film. Second film, uh, a little less fond for a lot of people. And then, of course, they do show up in uh, Infinity War and Endgame. And and obviously, as we know, Chris Pratt's Peter Quill uh, destroys the whole universe in that one. Um, basically. Basically. Uh, so and we haven't seen him since. It's been five years i think since we had a guardians kind of solo film so here we have our little holiday special before guardians of the galaxy 3 comes out next year we meet a couple of new characters see a little bit of the new status quo um but i i actually did have a lot of fun with this Mandis and drax i enjoyed being the center of the holiday special because obviously you don't get a lot of them in the movies do i think the two of them could carry the whole special sometimes maybe not um but they're they're a ton of fun I think Pom Clemente and uh, Dave Batista are are doing they're are having a ton of fun doing it um some of the scenes well, are do, doing their do, very best do they are, honestly they are uh and there are a couple of scenes where I'm like let's do another take on that one uh but um but I I think that they they're clearly having a ton of fun the whole cast is clearly having a ton of fun say what you will about James Gunn. I think when you watch his movies, it, it feels like people had a good time making it. It feels like people are having a fun with themselves and having fun with the characters and having fun with the story here. And he also somehow manages to get a little tear out of my eye yes, every damn time. And you wouldn't think it with the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, but at the very end, it gets there. I had a nice little moment at the very end. Um, the, the hits, he gets you right in the heart there um Too, uh bob i know
2: you watched this too what were your thoughts I absolutely, absolutely loved it again the the crazy premise of uh let's go to earth and kidnap kevin bacon who we first sees he's on the phone with his wife kairos edgwick and it's apparently his real house on top of everything else get out of which town is pretty impressive um i mean it, it's just those two characters mantis and drax would not They wouldn't understand exactly what was going on. And so they don't. And so this great hero, that becomes a whole a plot point. And it's just filled with heart, a lot of fun stuff. There's some action, which is kind of bizarre. Uh, <laughs> people who don't understand exactly what candy canes are, for instance, that's a thing. What was, re- was really thrilling for me is... Not that the mantis we've seen in these movies is Steve Engelhart's from back in the day. But Pam Clemente is so wonderful in this that she actually gets a chance to do something. Yes. She's incredible. And it's please give her more to do in these movies than just make a little pronouncement here and there. She can carry entire scenes as a great foil as is Drax for her back and forth. I love the whole thing. Love the music in it. Yeah. Uh, couple of reverses and twists that we don't quite see coming. I didn't, I especially that big one near the end. I loved it. I've already watched it twice.
0: Yeah. And I, I'll say this too, like the one thing that the Guardians movies have done that you forget about a little bit, because we we don't see them a lot, is they're beautiful movies visually. I, I there's They're very visually dynamic films.
2: Yeah, the well, new set of nowhere stuff. is pretty incredible.
0: Yeah, nowhere, the 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 space stuff, you know, when Kevin when Kevin Bacon's like looking up at the stars, yeah. like there are really lovely visual moments in the Guardians films and, and that's in the holiday special too. Um
2: it love was a our, very, love our new character Cosmo. Nice, nice to go back to great. old Guardians. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. My favorite it's, unexpected it, moment though, I think, is Nebula's gift to rocket.
0: Well, I chest <laughs> I laughed. Like, I yeah. guffawed. I guffawed several times throughout the, the, the special. And like I said, it was a very pleasant, wonderful surprise. Um, I think it will become part of holiday traditions for marvel fans i think it's a really worthwhile addition to the marvel specials that they've been doing werewolf by night was also a halloween Halloween special so you know i'm into this i think it's a ton of fun i it it it, five years away from the guardians was exactly the amount of time to make me (laughs) want to see some more guardians uh in a really in a really wonderful way james gunn i it's funny because uh I got, I got Pokemon Scarlet last week and I've just been playing that nonstop. It's a great game. Don't let all the people who are complaining about the visual glitches sway you away from it. It's a, it's a really uh, a ton of fun, but um, I like to have a, like a movie that I've seen before on in the background while I play the game and I put on the suicide squad, the James Gunn suicide squad. And uh, I actually put the game down to watch some of the scenes because That movie was also surprisingly enjoyable and had a ton of heart. Um, Gunn, you know, it's funny. He comes from this like B movie background.
2: He's a trauma guy going along. He's a
0: trauma guy. But, and perhaps because of it, actually, now that I think about it, there is such a streamlined mode of storytelling that he does that, you know, he, he. they're, they are heartfelt. They are sincere, especially as they are doing this gross-out blood splatter, you know, or schlocky sci-fi stuff, right? There is a heart to it that I think comes from that low-budget background. No. And that's in, that, that's and in that, Slither. That's even in Super. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have actors like Nathan Fillion and, and Rainn Wilson carrying yeah. those films, of course, too – but there is a there's a sincerity and, and and a heart to those movies that he just dresses in all of this schlock. That is great, and I love it, and it's fun. But like I said, I cried at the end of this the end of this special, and I was like, "Damn you, James Gunn! Damn you!" Uh, he really got me there. It was it was really really wonderful. And of course, as we know, Footloose is the greatest story ever told. So. I was very excited to see Kevin Bacon playing
2: Kevin Bacon here. Um and think having it's about three different Madoff. versions of Kevin Bacon, too, as things happen. Yeah.
1: What did you say, Aaron? I feel like I read a story that uh, he, he and Kyrus Edward got screwed by Bernie Madoff. Probably. Didn't, I think so. Didn't we all? So glad to know they rebounded.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah. It's a ton of fun. If you haven't watched it yet, do. I think it's a great addition to the holidays. Um, music's fun. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the Guardians. It's That's the Guardians. A and you get, feel you get like, some more Groot. You get some more Rocket.
1: I feel like, based on, you know, my casual observation of the chats, we have found Chris's version of Damian Wayne. Oh, that's what you should do. Whenever
0: Chris is on with you, and and Chris does their Damian Wayne mm-hmm. quip,
1: you should do yeah. a Chris Pratt quip. Yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like it was made very clear. As you, as if, <laughs> boy, I wish you guys could see the chat sometimes, but then again, <laughs> I'm glad you can't. <laughs> but I was sort of just like, I think we found it. I think we yeah, found her, yeah. Damian Wayne.
0: Yeah, just post Chris Pratt gifts to the Talking Comics chat, and that I think will really, kick <laughs> off. especially the Jurassic Park ones, Jurassic
2: so, World. Excuse me. Uh, uh, how about go all the way back to He's in Jennifer's Body?
0: Yeah, Ooh. I was. He was. He played another like like college bro in another. Yeah, movie he's definitely,
2: he's he's a definitely a. ROTC Police Academy bro and Jennifer's body It's like wow yes. I didn't remember him in that what a jerky isn't yes.
0: that? Yes There was another movie that I he just like showed up in that I was watching the other day Oh man like 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 mid 2000s Chris Pratt is highly Oh wanted I watched Wanted the other day really? James isn't McAvoy Angelina Jolie Yes he is there? James McAvoy Yes he's James McAvoy's oh douchey yep. co-worker yes and i was like what the hell is chris pratt yep. doing in this movie from 2008 that movie is a mess yes. and i had a ton of fun watching i was it. gonna uh, say uh, <laughs> that's
1: the funnest mess ever it really is just it's ridiculous it makes no james sense
0: james mcavoy is like foaming at the mouth screaming in every scene and he's like every scene he's like what the f is happening <laughs> right now? Every scene like that is his line, and it's it's just incredible. Um, yeah, that's that's a fun one. What, a what's fun the, one
2: what's too. the messy double feature with that? Lucy with Scarlett Johansson and Morgan Freeman, maybe. Ooh.
0: Oh my god, Ooh. that would be fun. You know what movie I also love? Watching Wanted made me remember. I love that movie Salt. Yes, Angelina me too. Joey. I do. Yeah, How did I that, love that movie that it movie was watchable. Was, I didn't love it. Yeah. I see that movie was ahead of its time. Cause that movie came out in like 2009, I think. And it was, like, pre-Atomic Blonde, like, pre-all of these, like, you know, everything that, like, Jessica Chastain is doing right now, where it's just, like, Jessica Chastain and a gun running around shooting things. Like, I watched that movie 355 with with, uh, Jessica Chastain and Lupita Nyong'o. Like, all of these, like, women spy action thrillers that are, like, so good now. Salt, like, Salt salt crawled so that those movies could run, you know? Like... I, I like that movie a lot. Angelina Jolie I think does a lot of, of work in that movie, and I think the I think it's Liev Schreiber as well in Yeah. That uh-huh. film. So, uh-huh. yeah, I, I like that one. I'm I, I, it's it's never streaming anywhere that I have, and I always I always really want to watch it. But what is three five five? The DVD one? later. Three five five is on Amazon Prime.
2: Okay. What's that movie? Was it Gunpowder gun Milkshake, which has got like everybody in it? I love
0: that I movie. That was another. That was another movie that was like clearly like a Netflix movie, you know. But I had so much fun with that one. Three Five Five is not nearly as fun, okay. but that cast is awesome. It's like Jessica Chastain, Lupita Nyong'o, um,
1: oh, <laughs> Rosie goodness. Perez. No, I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> it's not Rosie Perez. No. It's. Uh,
1: I see the face. It's too. Penelope Cruz. Oh, there you go.
0: And uh, it's just a, it's just a ton of really uh, Sebastian Stan. You know, like, it's just I got a ton of people in it. It's really, it's really great.
2: Okay. Really, really great. Speaking of Sebastian Stan, I'm, we're way off track now, but we're, we're we're running short today, so it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> I picked up at the dollar store, I, Tanya. Okay, I, Tanya rules. Yes, I, I loved it. And I didn't realize that was Sebastian Stan for a long time. Yeah. Sebastian Stan
0: is, his career is like bucky and scumbags like that's like all he's like <laughs> wow well, yeah. there have it. well he's yeah, that he's, in i like, he's jeff in he's in that movie uh fresh i think or like yes that's that, that fresh, dating fresh. horror
2: movie
0: the date horror movie about cannibalism yes. he plays the scumbag uh male uh the the love interest in that movie he plays a scumbag in Three Five Five. He plays a scumbag like he's just like he plays. Um, he play. He's, he's in that Pamela Anderson Tommy Lee show as mm-hmm. Tommy Lee. You know, like he just plays like these really, yeah. <laughs> He plays these really skeevy dudes, and I think you know where he learned that. Rutgers University, everybody, yeah, Thank you. You that's there, there, yeah, hey, boom, boom, proud, proud Rutgers alum right here. So, um, so fresh, I should, I should check out. Fresh apparently is is very is is good yeah um that's on hulu i think um all right speaking of uh margot right. robbie harley quinn i tanya james, james gunn. gunn rewind 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 uh james gunn is still on twitter i uh, know uh, i'm just kidding that's not the headline <laughs> james gunn on twitter um has been replying to fan questions about his new role as the kind of overseer of the dc universe with peter chaffron Um, over at Warner Brothers. He did make clear that he's not touching the comics. It's everything that is kind of other entertainment connected to the DC universe. But um, a few of the questions that people were asking basically kind of revolved around like, is there going to be a kind of um, cohesive universe for DC? To which his answer was yes. And people asked, does that include TV shows? And he said, Yes. And they said, does it also include video games? And he also said, yes. So movies, TV, video games, he's trying to get them all connected. Animation. Also animation say, too. Animation as well. Did he also say that there will be some standalone things like the Harley Quinn TV show? Of course. But he said that there's going to be an effort to kind of create this cohesive universe around all these different mediums. Um, which... I find very interesting, also very challenging to even kind of conceive of in my brain. He says he
2: has a a 10-year plan, he says. Yeah, yeah.
1: Now, as someone – what? You said you don't want it? Nope. But for reasons. (laughs) That's putting all your eggs in one basket. If it doesn't work, you've now put – you've put everything at risk. I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I want that. That's – I don't know. It just seems like it's it's limiting the storytelling capabilities. Now everyone has to sort of make sure they're – everyone will eventually have to make sure that they're not countermanding something that happened in some other form of the media. It just becomes too difficult and unwieldy to manage. Yeah. But that's how I it's the
0: It's the video games thing that I find so surprising. And he might just be like, it's Twitter, whatever. But obviously it's something that Warner Brothers and the DC – entertainment group or whatever the hell they're called i think it has wanted for a long time having a kind of like connected universe um so part of me is like yeah i wouldn't be surprised if they were like hey you know that like suicide squad kills superman video game we're gonna do a suicide squad movie where they fight superman and it's gonna be the same storyline you know just kind of like connecting everything together the animated Films, though, have been so elseworlds, multiversal yeah.
2: that, like, and generally so much better than the movies them. themselves. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't
0: imagine them trying to connect all these things together. Yeah, that's my point. Yeah, I don't know. Unless it, their it connection just... is like Earth One, Earth Two, Earth Three, Earth Four, Earth Five, and that's just like his place, like,
1: oh, yeah, the video games, Earth Six. Yeah, and yeah, maybe they just dip a toe into something else, I and mean, I could see that happening. Right. If, if that brings to us to eight- everything.
2: Yeah, brings us the the to... actual World War II Justice Society, brings us some of those yeah. stories, all, all the Elseworlds versions we've seen and really enjoyed. It, he still has the answer to the almighty and powerful Zoslev, right? In all this. <laughs> oh, boy. Ugh. So we'll see. I trust James Gunn. I don't trust the corporate structure over there. It's a the real problem.
0: Yeah, uh, the thing is, like, Gunn is so clearly a nerd, yeah. you know, and he he obviously has done great work. With Guardian, Suicide Squad. Um, he has a passion for these characters, and obviously the weird ones too.
2: I saw. Is I saw he... in one interview. He was talking about the Metal Men. I mean, you've you've got yeah. my heart there, James please find a way to do that as a series animated whatever but go deep don't give us the same crap
0: is he a producer right who like because like yeah we've seen james gunn put together awesome super superhero stuff that he wrote and directed you know and and like show ran peacemaker on hbo max and like did suicide squad himself you know he wrote and directed those movies um I think he's got a passion for it, absolutely. But for him to come out and be like, we're going to do video games and we're going to do movies and we're going to do TV shows and we're going to do cartoon animated films and animated series, and they're all going to be connected. That seems, like I said, difficult to even conceive of when, like, what we're riding on right now is Black Adam versus Superman. Like, like like, that's (laughs) the only, like, kind of, like... (laughs) semblance of an idea that we have I, I, i'm eager to see the first kind of like string of announcements and plans um for me i i my my biggest question is who are Gunn and chaffron gonna get to do these things that's that's what i'm interested to see you know who are the directors who are the writers who are the actors who are the animators who are the teams that are going to put these things together and I think once those announcements start coming out that's that's when I'll start getting excited about um, what we got coming great point yeah I have a breaking news thing here uh, for your consideration in all categories including best picture Disney is officially putting forward Black Panther Wakanda forever I, they should. Yeah,
1: I saw that earlier yeah. Makes
0: Appropriate? Sense. Yeah. Black nope. Panther uh did win Oscars for the studio last time around.
2: But it's it is beyond just a superhero movie. We we talked about it when we did the review. To me, shorn of superheroics, it's it's an old-fashioned Hollywood epic on on the War yeah. and Peace, Doctor Zhivago, Lawrence of Arabia, one of those kind of things. Yeah, the big big things, small things, all in in perfect combination. Yeah, if I had a vote, they'd get one.
0: <laughs> You're not in the uh, your IMDb credit didn't get you an didn't Academy. Get, no,
2: invitation. no, no. Being contributed to Doom, the Roger Corman Fantastic Four documentary, <laughs> doesn't get me a vote. I should I try that though. Point. I'll say, hey, look, I'm I'm a movie industry professional.
0: Yeah 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 i um i don't even know really what has come out this year i've been so disconnected from everything um but i think angela bassett has just received so much
1: yeah
0: (laughs) 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 that i could definitely see her getting a nomination um the film i think overall too i think black panther Wakanda forever could get a nomination um yeah, it's really interesting to see how far Marvel Studios has come um, to, to kind of put that out and to have people just be like, yeah, yeah. of course.
2: Yeah, we, we we agree.
1: Yeah, that's true. I, there was a time where we just putting the, Marvel, the MCU moniker on something would have been like, yeah, okay, you're going to sit in that corner over there. Yeah. We're, we're they
0: not always gonna did. I'll never spot. forget this. Yeah, I'll never forget this moment. I was watching the Oscars. It must have been like when Ultron, I think came out or something, one of the Avengers movies and the Academy had, I guess it wasn't the Academy. It was ABC or whatever, had the Avengers actors come out. It was like Scarlett Johansson, Chris Evans, Renner, Downey, Hemsworth, Ruffalo. Like the six of them came out to present like the Academy Award for best visual effects or whatever. And the nominees were like the Avengers and some other movie and the award went to the other Other movie. movie. (laughs) Some period
2: where they they replicated rooftops or whatever. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And I'll never forget that moment. And I was like, and I was like, they will parade these Marvel actors out to get eyes on this telecast. And they will, they will dangle that Academy award Mm -hmm. in front of Kevin Feige as much as he wants. Right. Um, and this was obviously pre Black Panther. Um, but I will never forget that moment to be like, yeah, if they put the Marvel name on anything, they're just not gonna give it them the award. Nope. And I think there were people in the academy that just like didn't do that. Black Panther obviously broke the seal on that, of course. But it hasn't happened since, I think, you know? And I uh, and I'll never forget, I think, I think like uh, uh Suicide Squad won like best makeup or something over Guardians, I think, or something. Like, it was just like some movie clearly beat a film mm. because it had Marvel on it, you know, or at least, like, again, just like in my estimation. As well,
2: you talk about that group of actors they put out on the stage, all of whom are in well, well respected smaller independent movies, nominated for awards, won awards. Uh, because they're in a Marvel movie, all of a sudden they're they're terrible, yeah. not worthy of attention. Stop. But then genre movies going all the way back, uh, I, I don't consider Science of the Lambs a horror movie. The only horror mm. movie actor to ever win the award was Frederick March for Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in 1933. Mm. <laughs> it's a thing. Comedy is a thing too. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's oh, yeah. Come. Oh, yeah. Gosh. You, you make something a comedy, unless it's like a comedy drama or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not going to get anything. That's why there's all there's still to this day, all that blowback about Whoopi Goldberg getting it for Ghost. It like, well, that was just a sympathy Oscar when they didn't give it to her for The Color Purple.
2: Yeah. Well, that, that, that does happen. She was great in Ghost. She's the heart of that movie. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Stop people. There's, there's always something. Anywho, yeah. anywho,
0: <laughs> what books are we looking forward to this week? Are there any books uh, this week? I talked
2: about a yeah. couple that I I, I gotta look at early. Uh Strange uh, number eight. Cap symbol of freedom, liberty. I, I get them all confused. That is number seven. I supposed to be this week was Wonder Woman Historia number three, but that's gotten pushed to December, sadly. Yeah. I am not certain, but I do think the Miss Fury graphic novel comes out this week after five years, but we'll see. <sighs> That's it for me. It's like it.
0: it's a fifth week. It's a five week. I feel like November's been going on forever. Um, I'm eager to read the Batgirl annual in JSA, uh, as you were talking about, Bob. Um, The Nightwing annual comes out this week. Superman Kell Returns I might check out. I am a huge Superman fan, so I'm excited to see that. That beat in Dark Crisis 6 was awesome, and I left out of my seat when it happened. Um, Damn Them All number two, and uh, Orcs the Curse number four. Of four from christine larson and boom i'm definitely going to check that one out as well i'll just mention this because uh, i'm sure john will be reading it avengers assemble alpha number one comes out this week um john i'm sure we'll report back on all of our avengers uh uh goodness uh, uh next time he's on aaron are you picking up anything up what's in the what's what does steve say what's, what's, what's in, in the pool? what's in the what's in, what's in what's the slush in the
1: What's in the pool? Well, first of all, we'll have to talk offline about that reveal in Super in Dark Crisis that last week. But we'll get to that later. Um, so, yeah, Batgirl and JSA, obviously. Um, Superman. I think other than those th- other things that you talked about, I got Strange Academy Finals, uh, number two, I think is coming out. Dead Lucky, number four. Wild Storm, number two. And then Flawed, number three, I believe, are coming out this week. And that's about it. Nice. Yeah, it's always hard.
0: Five weeks in a in a month. This is just put more that.
2: Batman out. That's that solves the problem.
0: Yeah, there is a Batman. There's a Detective Comics annual coming out this week. I think there's yeah. a few the
2: Batman week. books coming out this week.
0: There always are. There always are. I saw like Punchline is still running. I'm like, damn, I fell off that book. It was great, but I fell off that book real quick. Um I'm eager to read the rest of the Joker book that that Tynet was doing, because I really love those first five or six issues that I read, but then it was like, we got another nine issues of this, and I was like, no, we don't. <laughs> uh, not not for me. Uh,
1: uh, ask me why I didn't talk about World's Finest last week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, uh, Mark Winn, I think, has a story in that Superman Kal-El Returns special, so that's another reason why I might check it out. There's a, there's a ton of awesome creators on it. Um,
1: anyway... Any last any last words from the gang here? Mm-mm. Check us out on Instagram. Look for our bisexual colors. Talking Comics Podcast.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful logo.
1: You know who made it? This guy. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, <laughs> what's our okay? So our Instagram is at Talking Comics Podcast. Correct. What is our Hive account?
1: That I do not know. I assume that Chris was going to be here. Um, I don't know, actually, to be honest with you
0: hive talking comics let's see what comes up oh god i don't know what any of this is yeah i think it's
2: too (laughs) early to get results i've tried that yeah it doesn't seem to work i don't know what
0: any of this is i think we are still on the twitter at talking comics um i have actually downloaded my data and gotten off of twitter entirely so i'm gone from the twit um i'm still on the instagram uh i still have the facebook because of that one Group chat that's still going, and I just can't get off of it, you know, even though we all have cell phones. Um, you know, that's, that's all that. Uh, so okay, if there's no, if there's nothing else, we have reached the end of the talk this week's edition of the Talking Comics podcast. As always, you can send us comments or questions through our email podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. We are somewhere on the internet. You can find us, Talking Comics, search us, something will come up some are more active than others um, we are we'll be back on talkingcomicbooks.com soon I know that Brahman was talking about having some writers meetings coming up so that will be definitely uh, up uh, shortly uh, probably in the new year and uh, yeah Bob where can our listeners find you
2: I don't have to worry about the Twitter so it's just the old-fashioned email Bob at talkingcomicbooks.com
0: you can email me too Joey at talkingcomicbooks.com uh, Aaron where can our listeners find you
1: Twitter can suck it. AJ at AJ 70 on Instagram. Nice. Nice. Uh right.
0: Steve is at dead underscore anchorist. John is at John P. Sh- A. B. A. B. Burkle. John P. Bronwyn Burkle. is at
2: Shiny Baby B. Uh,
0: shiny Baby B. And Chris is at Myth of Psyche.
2: Yes. Among 14 Gynalist. other things. I don't have the other ones in front of me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm doing my best here. You know, it's been a while since I've been here in the in the, in the chair, as it were. Um, I thought it was I thought it went okay, though. It was great. It went okay, we had some we had some nice points here. Um, anyway, that'll do it. It's been a pleasure. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And until next time on the Talking Comics Podcast, to be continued. Whoo touch and go there for a second. I was like, I don't remember how to do this.